Welcome back to the Tim Vaxelbop Show. This is episode 61 of the program. My name is Tim Vaxelbaum, and I haven't been seeing y'all in a few weeks. I took a break. I took a one-week break from this podcast because I got bored of doing it with just me. You know, like this is a self-improvement podcast, and I've improved myself enough where I don't. Want, I already said everything I had to say. I'm a, I'm better. I'm a better person, and I am good enough to where I could start branching out. And I don't have to fucking do this alone anymore. So we're going to be having guests on. That's the biggest change of the format is that all of a sudden, hey, I'm not just some idiot doing this alone in my house. We're going to have guests on, maybe some of which will be recurring guests. And maybe I'll even get like a fucking, like a permanent co-host who will laugh at the shit I'm saying instead of, you know, instead of it just being some idiot talking to himself. Because if you have somebody laughing at your shit, it makes other people go, hey, maybe that's actually funny. Anyway, it's good to be back. I've been uh, I've been taking, uh, what is the big, okay, a few more things before I introduce my fucking guest. I'm trying not to curse as much, but it's not going very well. Okay, so, stand-up. I've been doing a little bit of stand-up. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I'm trying to get better at that. Like, I'm trying to become a little more professional. And one of the big changes I've made is I'm no longer bringing my phone on stage. After 10 years of doing stand-up, I'm finally going to do what most people in their first six months in do, which is to not look at their phone and read off it and not look at the audience. And it's improved a thousand percent my sets because I actually am looking at the crowd. You know, like I could read off my phone and it could be funny sometimes because it's funny to just be monotone and like tune out the audience. That could kill, but usually it's really bad. So I stopped doing that and I'm never going to, even if I don't remember the bit, I'll, I'd rather read off a notebook or a flashcard than a stupid phone. It just, the technology is the, the fact that everybody has a phone, it's like, oh, I could do that. I could, so it takes the mystique away from the performance and it's extremely unprofessional so i got these custom made business cards they're like bigger than standard business cards they're like they're custom they have the word that my logo gusto timmy gusto's logo on them so i'm going to be like just reading off of those those little flashcards because that's better than the phone because i can't remember my material i'm the type of comedian who has ADHD, and I just can't remember the shit I have to say because it's always changing. And I look at my jokes as like, okay, I just do them to get dopamine. And then once I've gotten the, the fix from them, I just throw them out. If I do a joke like again after a certain amount of times, it, it just feels like a used condom. I don't know. It's like I already, I already, I already got what I needed from that. So that's my problem. So that's why if I want to be good at stand-up, I have to either start memorizing my jokes, which is fucking hard, and I don't have enough Adderall to do that. Like that, I would have become a, I would have become an Adderall addict. Um, so I'm going to be a flashcard comedian. So I'm excited for that. Okay, so really quick, um, and then I took. Okay, let's just do one more thing before I introduce my very special guest who's sitting right next to me. <laughs> um, I took. A, I've been taking mushrooms like almost every day because I quit weed. And I also quit looking at porn and jerking, jerking off. I, I could do. I'm a, technically that's not against the rules. You're allowed to jerk off if you're not looking at porn. But I'm also I'm so I've not been getting dopamine from my usual drugs of choices, which is mostly fucking weed. So I quit weed about a month ago, and so I have this misery of not getting that dopamine that I have been using like all, all fucking day for the past 15 years. So it's been a fucking trog or slog. It's been difficult. I've been flatlining. It's been extremely difficult to want to do anything creative. That's another reason I had to take a break for a week. But we're back. So I've been taking mushrooms to supplement that, you know, lack of chemicals in my brain. And it's been fucking fun, but I took a shitload last night on accident, and I had a s anxiety attack, and fuck it, well... Get more into that um, 
as the podcast goes on if it comes up, but it doesn't matter. We're going to introduce our guest. He's a very funny comedian, very talented person. I've known him since I lived in Chicago. I met him about five years ago, it was. His name is Michael Malamud. Thank you. It's good to be here. Fuck yeah. Um, fuck yeah. Uh, Michael Malamud is a comedian that I did not start with, but I kind of, we kind of started together. Fuck I'm it. a comedian. Hold on. You talk for a second. I got to fix the uh, speaker system. I'm a comedian. We started we separately, but we met in 2017. Yep. Over in Chicago. 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 <laughs> what do you say when you're in Chicago? Go Cubs, go. I did not, I'm not a fan of any baseball players or any base. I was actually a Sox guy because my dad's from the South Side. So he was like, yeah, we're gonna go, we went to Sox games. Where, uh, where on the South Side? Um, south Shore. Oh, damn. It's That's really yeah. South, isn't it? Well, so it's a typical... Yeah, it's um, East... It's like far. Yeah, it's by the lake, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, South Shore. I guess. That's all I know yeah. about. It was, a Jew it was a very Jewish part of the city before Black Flight happened. Yeah. Black Flight to the South um, of Chicago? Well, you, uh, White Flight, sorry. White Flight. White Flight. Yeah, it's I the meant. whites who fly. That's who flew. It was, and the Jews then moved to Skokie. We're already talking about Jews. Great. That, was, yeah. that took two seconds. Great. I worked in Skokie. Yeah. Amongst the Jews. Amongst no, them. No, I didn't, I didn't work amongst them. It's really, you know, I mean, there are other people besides Jews out there, but there are a lot right. of Jews out there. Right. But historically, yeah, that's where a lot of them settled after the war mm -hmm. that immigrated here. And my grandpa was one of them. He's a bad, he was a gangster. He survived the Holocaust. So he was a tough survivalist, and that's where I got the... Uh, so I'm a tough person because I got his DNA, and so it'll take a lot to kill me. Is that I how think. you pronounced it? Holocaust? I like to over-enunciate when I'm on camera. Yeah. And no. Is it... Are you supposed to say cost because... Holocaust. Because there's an emphasis on cost? I just like putting emphasis on it because I'm proud that he survived it. Yeah, you should be. How do you say it? Holocaust? Yeah, you don't put as much grit or emphasis. You don't put it yeah, in like weight. Halloween. I say Holocaust, and we, we eat holla. Yeah, because we went to the yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be like Holocaust. Yeah. yeah. Holocaust. You really want to make a Jewish, like a Jewish I'm thing? I'm fucking half Jewish. Gotta, we got like, a full something Jew in your throat. <laughs> Speaking of that, might this as is well, a three quarters Jewish podcast. Let's cut the tension with it. Let's fucking bring up the elephant in the room. This is my first time having a full blooded Jew on the show. Uh oh. Uh-oh. I'm only half Jewish, so whatever I have to say about Judaism is... is He's like, half SpaghettiO. He's half Italian. You gotta, Yeah, I gotta tell you with a grain of half salt. Half American Italian. SpaghettiO. Real. But my special guest was not only... Um, not only does he have the Jewish card for real he was also raised i think culturally jewish oh yeah he was from he's from new york let's talk about that new york he don't really talk about it too often but this guy right here is from new york i'm from brooklyn that's right yep so, and he doesn't really talk about and it, i lived though. in the northeast of uh this country or what do you mean of this country of, this, of the city of this country i lived in new jersey oh, for yeah. a little while i grew up there that's what i really don't like to talk about why is that? It was just the worst. It was ages six to ten. It was um, very. Um, it was like the most suburban, <clears throat> typical lifestyle I ever lived, and uh, I didn't fit into it well. And you know, there was. It was just very. It was very rich in a way that I wasn't familiar with to that point. Um, still had fun. Learned to ride a bike and. St well, no, I yeah. learned that in Brooklyn. Anyway. That was ages six to ten, but mostly New oh, York okay. City. Mostly 10. New York City, Brooklyn, Queens, representing out here. B Town in the house. Okay, yeah, because I feel like you don't have that much like pride, or you don't like bring it up that often in your act. Because I I have Chicago pride, and I'm not even from Chicago. So how did that happen? I don't know. Like I go, I'm from Chicago. We actually had to be funny to get your dick sucked. But you don't say nothing about New York. How, like, I'm from Brooklyn! Like, Andrew, Dice Clay. I used to have such an ego about being from New York. And then and then you just dropped it. You lost it. You yeah, humbled. You just, became humble. I just dropped it off because I realized that you can't claim 
an entire amazing historic city as your identity when you yourself have not done anything. True. People do that with pretty much a lot of cities. They do that with Austin. There's a lot of people that go, I'm born and raised. Yeah. Fuck you. Who cares? People hate it. Yeah, people hate us or me. Anyone who's Oh, you were there before the cooler stuff came? (laughs) You were there before the good restaurants? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I get it, kind of, but if that's your whole... I totally get it. If that's your whole identity... Yeah. And that's kind of sad. Your whole identity is a place that just, like, isn't here anymore. Sure. Yeah. Like, Austin in the 90s, it's not here anymore. They're going to get reparations for it, but I don't know. That's, yeah, there's some of that. But anyway, let's talk about why your hair is wet. I detangled it. Yeah. I spent two days going into it with coconut oil. And trying to pull out these natural dreads. Okay, well, that's why you're shiny. That, oh, yeah. That's why your face is, like, glistening. Yeah, I have to be careful, like, not to touch any of this equipment right now. I'm so coconut oily. Well, okay. It's not there like it's conductive. A, there's a jar like, and a half. Yeah, but you're going to be like... We'll just smudge it up. You're not going to tell me until weeks later you're going to be like, you smudged all my shit. Like, yeah. I know you would do that. You'd be like, you you totally... Yeah. When you were there, you smudged all my shit. It actually you really pissed me off. smudged it. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about where you were. What did you do before this? Uh, I was at home. I was doing that, and I was I I was detangling and detangling. This was I thought it was going to be an hour long process. I okay. started yesterday, and dude, it took me overnight and into half of today to fully get all these knots out of my hair. And I ended up having to go at it with a scissor. I cut my own hair. Oh, okay. I cut my hair. When was the last time you got a proper haircut? Over oh, a year ago. Yeah, sounds about right. Over a year ago. Well, what about just before this? Like, where did you come from straight at before this place? My house. I was cleaning. Oh, I thought I you was did a cleaning sorry, like crazy. I thought, I thought you did a float. No, I was... Oh, no, That's what no. I was trying to get to. Oh, get yeah. To. I canceled that because of the detangling. Oh. Yeah, I canceled it because it was taking too long, and I didn't want to get coconut oil in the sensory deprivation tank. I was nervous about what they would oh, say about okay. it when I got there. But I have been doing flotations in a sensory deprivation tank nearly every day for the last two weeks and i've been bringing some friends with me including old timmy gusto that's here. another thing i haven't talked about it. since this last since the last episode i went on a excursion all the way to north austin which was a drive but it was worth it because i did something that i felt was necessary for my mental health and you know just my well-being i went to a sensory de- I, I floated like in a fucking in a sensory deprivation tank, and I'm, it was pretty good. Like I felt really good afterwards. It definitely lifted my mood and spirit. Um, and you know, I tried not to get it in my eyes. And, but you know, it was great. It was just it was kind of like what I imagined it to be. Yeah, you watch that salt. If you go do this, watch that salt in your eyes. It's gonna hurt. It's just salt, but it hurts. Yeah, it's you a know. shitload. Yeah, it's a thousand pounds in like a ten foot puddle of water. That's like, I don't know, ten feet by five feet. So it's and, a lot of salt. Uh, yeah, and like you have nothing to do in there except for think or meditate. So maybe not. Maybe your not choice. A, do you think do you, like is that what meditation is? Just basically just not to like turn off your brain and just like. You can't stop thinking. That's a common misconception about meditation. You you have 10,000 thoughts a day, I think. That's what I thought. Like That's that. what I thought. Like, you can't stop it yeah, completely. It's like telling your liver to stop processing alcohol or telling your lungs to stop breathing. So like, what is meditation, in your opinion, in your words? Well, there are different tools for it, but it's just breathing and focusing on your breath and letting that be the focus over your over your thoughts over mm-hmm. the contents of your mind trying to create some distance from yourself or your th- and your thoughts because if you don't do that then you're going to be um you know just at the whims of whatever thoughts you have at any given moment you're mm-hmm. going to be changing lanes a lot okay you know what i mean like you're going to be reactive you don't want to be reactive in this world if you can if you can help it. You want to be responsive. So okay. that's how I get down. So what has been your major breakthrough or reason or benefit? Why is it that you've been going on the floats like every day? What is the main impetus for that? Oh, I just needed a slowdown. So you know, things got so 
you know, I, I got back into comedy like six months ago. And when you're doing that at the, in the amount that I'm doing it, like going out as often as I'm going out combined with, um, a day job and having, you know, all the typical adult responsibilities, you just start to feel like you can't slow down. You know, mm-hmm. I was just like, I was just constantly going in the next thing and thinking about what to do next and what to de- what I should deal with and, you know, plans and goals and, and sets and bits and, you know, videotape this, that. Um, and I started to feel like it was all I wanted to do. Like when I get really busy, that's all I want to do is I want to keep that rolling. But I also was like sleep deprived and like not feeling super, um, like I had any foundation or stability. And the last thing I actually wanted to do was go and, uh, do anything meditative. So when I found out that I could get this deal that I got, which I'm not promoting, I don't think you can get it. I think I literally went there on a good day and Well, I did um, see it online for like 45 bucks, but yeah. I don't know about how doing it that many times. Yeah, I get to go every day until February 14th, which is a crazy deal cuz I only paid them like $65 so far. I they paid mu- for yeah. someone else one day. Okay. Um, but Anyway, since it was the last thing I wanted to do, I was like, I got to do this because, you know, I try to also always do what I'm like most afraid of. And I was most afraid of just like being with myself. So I did that. It was such a good idea. Excellent. Five stars. So you've been doing it for a few weeks. Do you notice that there's a long-term improvement in your mental health or physical health, anything? Yeah. The yeah. fi- you know what the physical is the top, yeah. okay, yeah, because I deal with a lot of I you know, like all people, I hold tension in various parts of my body, and um, you know things get pretty tight uh, along the left side of my whole body, and I mean in the last ten days of floats, I would say that most of that pain which I've been carrying for years and tension has been easing every day, and I feel about. Mm, like probably 50 times lighter from when I started in my own body, like walking around. And and I've become more aware of how I hold tension when I'm in situations where I tighten up in my body that causes that pain. Brings more awareness to the body. That's so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. What I noticed when I was in there was it it calmed me down about my uh, ambitiousness, about my uh, desire to make things happen in my career, you know, my fledging comedy podcasting career. It just made me realize that you'll get there. You just have to realize that it takes time and that it just made me less pent up about it. It's like you will get there. You have the talent. You're a Jew. You just mm-hmm. have to like make the moves at the right time, and it will happen. I actually, that's crazy. When I was in my, did you tank, ever get horny in there? Yes, I wanted to ask you that question. When I was in my tank, we'll get back to that. Um, when I was in my tank, uh, the answer is yes. When I was in my tank, I actually, when you were there, I actually sent out that. Uh, I try to like. You extend, thought of me? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I try to extend the beyond the barrier. I thought of you too. I, I try to extend beyond the barriers of my own body and try to send thoughts out. <laughs> and I actually sent to you, I was trying to send to you, you're a Jew. So you, that might have been why you heard that. That might have actually been Right, me. good. And I was yeah. thinking about, I just imagined your fa- just your face just in there like meditating, just like your fucking face just in that enclosed, like that's what people only, do. Only my face, no ears, no body. <laughs> kind of. Just water. Well, pretty much just the, just the thought, just the image of your face just like meditating and like doing something so like highfalutin and like something so spirit it just made me laugh just made me crack up oh that's good i've been cracking up in there like my last one i was cracking up for sure but then it went away then i became more i didn't have to be funny i didn't have to worry about my sense of humor i was more like uh, just meditative and just like this is awesome but you know that you're a funny looking person oh yes oh yes we've this has been well established in your career Mm. Um, it's gotten you a lot of popularity in the comedy world. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. In the podcasting world, you have credits. You have a credit. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I do. 
He gets laughs. The William Montgomery show. Yeah. Well, that's a big one. That is a big one. Yeah. So you it's have cool. that God-given talent of being able to get laughs just by showing up. Yeah. You think it's visual? Or you think it's for that something w- else? Ninety, like it depends on the set, but like ninety percent, yeah. Visual of that particular set was mostly. The, oh, that one because yeah. they caught your eyes. They look. They latched just your eye. Your your eye contact is like penetrating. Yeah, it's terrifying. And just the way you were standing, I don't know. Just the way you're like, yep, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but I have that too a little bit, but not as much as you. Like, I could go on stage and like get a laugh before I say stuff. I believe so. I would like to do more. I mean, actually, actually usually better than when I start talking. It's great to build that tension. You know what? You're good at um, you're good at uh, space too. Silence. You could, you deal with it. People could, have you know told me that. Oh, you're good at silence. Way before, way before right the silence set. Right. But <laughs> he doesn't um, like yeah. He doesn't like being reminded of the. I don't like. Why I get wouldn't it. I? No, no, no! I well, like it. The way it's the just silence like, yet. It's just the only. It's just the only thing that uh, the largest amount of people have a frame of reference towards. Right. So it's like you know, um, it's it's a frame of reference. Um, but uh, but I, I'm happy it happened. It's good. It's it's good. Mm-hmm. People things happen to people and they act like oh fucking. I mean, it's it's challenging and it's interesting to come off it, but it's good. It is good um but you know way before that people told me that i was good at dealing with silence a lot of comics really aren't you deal with silence you could get out and of you a, get laughs you could get out of a bomb by 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 not talking by sitting in it yeah sitting in it and then breaking the tension i did that uh, the other night i was because if you just go up there and start rattling off your jokes but not connecting with the crowd you'll it bomb. doesn't work that's but, happened to me but right. i got him back for at least a second by putting my joke book away mm-hmm. and just going, I knew I was going to bomb before I even started talking. And just this gap of silence was what made it a real, got them to laugh and like, yeah, you got to use silence to your advantage. Or timing, timing. It, that's right. Also, I was in a very bad mood. Like I was in a depleted mood and you've been around me when I've been like that. Oh yeah. When I've been in a very bad, dark place yeah and just doing comedy but not getting any enjoyment out of it and if i'm not enjoying myself i'm not of course it's not gonna go well oh yeah and i'm gonna feel that negative yeah you know there are people but there are people who can put all that away i'm uh i've 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 definitely carried my shit on stage with me emotionally i have the same thing I could put but it there away. There are people sometimes. who put it right away. It depends on the environment. Like I've been doing other shows, even in the same negative mindset, where I just got into it because the energy of the show got me the dopamine I needed to get me out of it. But if I'm going up there in a dead room, I'm not going to add value to it. I love how I love how you refer to dopamine. <laughs> like you're that's what you're in it for. Like that's absolutely, the game for absolutely. you. Like if you could get a smartwatch that could read your dopamine so that you don't have to feel it and you could just like look how much am I getting? That's you would totally do that. Well, that's exactly why I do stand up is because of I'm an addict for dopamine. Just same, same with anybody who has ADHD, we don't have it naturally, so we need to do whatever we can to get that d- boost. Yeah, dopamine. that's why you love weed that's, too. Weed is a dopamine drug. So isn't many it? ADHDers are, love weed. Um, and food mm. and jerking off. You love food. You love women. jerking off. And uh, well, it's not. I love it. It's that. I mean, it's. Oh, I, you I have to love it. Sure, but <laughs> I, you could say that about stand-up. Anything that gives you dopamine, you're going to be a, become addicted to. And uh, yeah. the second I stop getting dopamine from it, I stop doing it. Same. That's what I was saying at the beginning. Is like my jokes. If I've already gotten the laughs from them, I uh-huh. don't give a I don't give a fuck about them anymore. Oh, so dude, I, I was when you were saying that I I couldn't chime into your monologue because I well, don't. Well, now you can. Um, I don't um disrupt greatness and um artistic expression. Uh, Expression, Sorry. but our artistic word. sublimity. Oh, that's way bigger of a word than I. Is that a word? I think I made it up. Sublimity. It was sublime. Yeah, me. sublime. Uh, cool. Tim. Uh, but I, I didn't interrupt it. But you were when you were saying that thing about uh, 
your jokes and getting tired of your jokes and man that happens to me all the time i'm just starting to hone in on the writing and making myself do it again and again the like jokes because i it's the only it's the only way to get better at the jokes to make them better that's why i prefer to improvise that's why i like podcasting yeah way better than stand-up because i just can't i don't have an act because i don't want to have an act i know i hate my that's just how it is yeah yeah can you imagine having an act (laughs) <laughs> yes i can imagine okay. I, I know what it's like to have an act because i used to have a 10 you know five to ten minutes that i would do repeatedly but i hated it wasn't fun i got about five right now which in stand-up they say that means that i have about two and a half if i'm saying that i have five i have two and a half but i don't i actually think it's five of course well, i do yeah well you know as you go along how what it actually is the longer yeah. the longer you do it but it's definitely I, I you said it. five it's not like you said 20 no if you said 20 I, i've never then said maybe 20 in my life but you said five yeah yeah that's I've never said 20 in my life most new comics are like, people you're saying gonna... they got 20 that's fucking so that's, crazy that's what you're... And, and i've seen them too come on that's what you Give mean me a break. that's what you're saying when people say you'll that's what you meant whatever it's not true for you maybe it's true for people who say yeah i got 20 minutes they no, you don't that's unless like you've been the doing highest for, compliment you've ever given unless me. you've been Thank doing you. it for 10 to 15 years plus you don't have an accurate um re- measurement for how much material you have you know it just takes time stand-up is the one art form that takes probably more time than any other to master maybe not i'm sure there's exceptions but fuck it stand-up really is one of the longest things to take to master as an art form oh dude and comics get so fucking anxious and greedy and they go why the fuck wasn't i booked on this it's like well because you've only been doing it for four years first of all nobody you're not that good you think you're good. People, it's the it's the most fucking uh, what do you call that thing where people think they're better at something? Uncanny Valley. No. Um. No, it'll come to me. Uh, What's that? It's the effect. It's yeah. the competence thing. Yeah. 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 yeah Dunning Krugen. Dunning. So that applies to stand up more than any fucking art form. Because you could be pretty good as a painter, like in a couple of years, you could figure out a technique or whatever. It's like, okay, Bob mm-hmm. Ross, whatever. But stand up is so individualized. Like, you might be good at one form of joke telling or joke writing, but that doesn't mean you found your voice yet. And it even takes- when you find shit, it's like y- that might not be the sustained you, you know? Like, you could find shit and have a little period. You could get on SNL for a season, two seasons, and then have nothing for 10 years and be working on an act and then come out a whole new seasoned thing. For sure. Like, people have peaks and valleys in their careers, too. And that's not even stand-up. That's, like, sketch. I'm just talking about stand-up. Yeah. Because you could be on SNL and never do stand-up again. Most probably SNL people, they only do stand-up so they could get on a big show and have a career in TV or movies or anything else and never do stand-up again because they're not real stand That's not their uh, passion. Yeah, stand-up's the best. It's the best, but it's also super rare to meet somebody who actually loves it. Yeah. And that's why there's so few Jerry Seinfelds and Louis C.K.'s because mm. those motherfuckers actually are in love with the process. Mm-hmm. And there's an audience for it. There's an audience for it that is beyond the audience for any comedy shit. Like stand-up people. Because stand-up's the it's the best. It is the best comedy form, hands down. Um, there's nothing better. There's nothing more I don't know exciting. if I, if it's my favorite to consume. Oh, was, I think it is mine. It is my favorite to, to do. Yeah. Besides, I mean, podcasting I also love. Mm-hmm. But the reason I love stand-up is because of the instant gratification of thinking of something and it's you get that reward instantly. I like that. I love the pressure and the confrontation. That too. Yeah. Part, that's why you get the adrenaline rush. Yeah. So that why it's even – you get that – when you land, when you stick the landing, you get that dopamine bah! going back to that. Yeah. Um, it's all just brain chemistry. That's what life is. That's what being a human is boiled down to is what chemicals are you chasing after? What chemicals do you have a deficiency of or an overload of? I like that perspective. I see that as useful. I'm very clinical. That's not the way I operate. I'm a but clinical I see that as useful. Fucking, I could be a doctor. Yeah, he's, he's a Jew. He could be a lawyer. 
both of us. Yeah. If we combined forces, we would have the best law firm in the fucking city. We could have a law firm, podcast, comedy show. Oh, yeah, I do have an idea for comedy. What happened? First of all, before I get into that, my idea, which is going to be fucking amazing if I actually get my shit together and actually do it. What what happened with your – is that okay if I bring that up? My my podcast? No, you had an idea for a comedy show. Oh, I pitched it to the creek, but I never got an answer back. I don't know. I didn't. I also didn't send them another anything. Did they ask? I, I didn't. Did what they do res- you mean? Did they at least? Did they respond to the initial? No. Oh, okay. So how you did know. you send it over email? Uh yeah. Okay. And you know, okay. I imagine that they have a lot of pitches, and maybe they didn't like mine. I, you know, I don't see. That's it the thing. I don't want to just send a fucking cold email. I want to tell it to everybody. In the periphery of the own of the person who actually makes that decision before pitching it. That's the person that I talked to who gave me the email and told me to pitch it. I talked to Rebecca Trent. Right. The night of my. Well, I'm talking before her. I want to talk to everybody else who works there. For yeah. The, for the most part, to make sure that they know about it, to permeate the idea, and then then I'll know when it's time to go to the person in charge. Also, there's other venues. There's Talk other to him. Shout out Brandon. Shout out Stacy. Shout out Zach. Javi. Yeah. You're never going to float with me. You're dead to me. Well, whatever. The point is I have a really good idea for a show. Everybody that I've told about it has said it's a good idea. Nobody's tried to talk me out of it. And I was on shrooms last night at the very club that I want to do it at. And I was just thinking I had this moment of, epiphany like moment was like mm-hmm. it's not going to take somebody else helping you pitch it you gotta do it yourself because this is your destiny and it's it's your life very shrooms you're thought. gonna it's you're gonna exactly fucking, what you want out of shrooms you're gonna fucking die someday and you're gonna you only have a certain amount of time on this earth to do to take risks no and, we're already dead put yourself out there so yep. you we're have dead. to take the risk and get rid you have to put yourself out there motherfucker so tonight's the night dead. and so i went up to one person who has a lot of pull there and they said they liked it who's and that it doesn't matter Ooh. i'm not here to name names you're right i'm talking about the general i named a bunch of names just now that's great that's fine i'm just saying what i gotta do is I have to take. I can't just wait for somebody to be like, "Yeah, I'll help you pitch that." No, I have to be the one to have the balls yeah, to yeah, be yeah. like, "This Grab is a good balls. idea. I know that I have the skills to produce mm-hmm. it." So, motherfucker, make it happen. What is it? So, the idea is called "Killing from the Green Room." It is we are going to have a uh, projector that life projects what's going on in the green room comics will be talking amongst themselves in the green room and we'll show in the showroom what is going on and then if somebody is funny enough the audience will be voting on their phones in real time and if they get a certain amount of votes they get to do a set in the main room that's that's a great idea thank you yeah and that's the that's the elevator pitch uh-huh. There's obviously a little more that went into the logistics. Like, there's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a lot that's going to have to have. Ah, that's pre- You could do it. I could do you it. You could do it. And that is, that's pretty fucking cool, so, dude. Um, I've never seen, I've never seen anything like so that. So anybody could sign up, just like Kill Tony, but even to get pulled, even to have the chance to go to in, be in the green room, to even being in the green room yeah. is up to a bucket. Uh huh. But that's still pretty good. So you'll yeah, get. How many sh- people? Uh, in the bucket or in the green room, mm. probably five or as many as we could. Perfect. That was the number. Probably I had in about my head. five because yep. everyone will have to have a microphone and a camera will be showing, you know, moving around. Oh, it's gonna so, feel like the comedy door guy podcast. Have you seen that comedy store? Um, no. Oh, but okay. um, anyway, but yeah, that's the idea, and they'll have. So we got it. That's a lot to set up. So we'll have. It'll be a podcast too. Mm-hmm. And the people in the green room will. Oh, have, and you're recording, so then you release the episodes. Well, it'll be a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the set, just w- of the green room. Yeah. And w- during the when the pe- person gets on stage, we cut off the feed. Okay. So they won't longer be able to hear what they're saying in the green room, but we'll still record that okay. for the podcast. Okay. So, so that, who so the then fuck you record knows? shit talking to yes, and all exactly because yeah. they'll also be watching what's uh-huh. going on. They'll have a TV in the green room, hopefully. Uh huh. Ideally. Yeah. So that's the idea. It takes a lot. I'll have to make an application on it for people, so there have to be an internet connection, so people could vote. So it's interactive, and that's pretty much it. I would be Damn, the. Damn, you're going to build an app for that. 
Yeah, I could do absolutely. I could oh, be, you're capable of it. Yes. It'll have to have people sign up and have. I'm a big believer in uh, Tim Weichselbaum. Thank you. They'll no, upload a headshot so they'll be able to see the comic's name. In re- mm-hmm. as soon as they answer the green room, they they'll be in the. They'll only have about ten minutes mm-hmm. to kill in the green room, or else they got to go home. Yeah, that's it. It's like, sorry, buddy, you didn't you didn't say anything fun. Or it, who the fuck? No, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. people will get Can voted. Can they vote him out? Because um, I think no, if it's they're... just time based. It's just okay. ten minutes. That's, right. And if they don't get it in ten minutes, they're gone. All right. And some people will kill without even saying anything. Probably. Yep. It'll be funny just some see some just sit there, but they'll get votes by popularity. Who uh-huh. the fuck? Uh-huh. Right, so that's the Random idea. Random stuff. Yeah, because because the bucket polls can be like kill Tony anyone right anyone who wanted unless they're like such a unless there's like super sketchy and like we just don't want them in the green room of a club that's the only reason they would not be allowed all right they don't have to be a comic you know because i was talking about this with somebody like yeah you don't want to just put anybody on that and i was like yeah fair enough you haven't pitched this yet i've have i gave the elevator pitch to people who have a lot of sway oh good um but not an actual booker yet you gave the elevator pitch while you were tripping on shrooms that night. I was down. I was coming. I was d- fine by that point. But the shrooms is what gave me the courage to fucking over uh, deal with my uh, social anxiety. Yeah, you said that the uh, the that you were tripping. That was the main takeaway from the sh- the trip. It was a real trip. I was had a lot of visuals and like. My the anxiety attacks were insane to the point where it was becoming like a panic attack. It was physical, like electric electricity was pulsating through my body. So I had to do breathing exercises, and I got out of it. It mm-hmm. was fine, mm-hmm. and I was like, "This is the perfect place to be at a comedy club with other comics who also are going through the same shit as you." And I, I just realized you have social anxiety. That's your biggest wall in life that's your biggest barrier that you have to overcome and oh cool since i don't drink anymore it's going to take actual effort yeah yeah to yeah. get through that and i was exposure like exposure therapy and that's it i was just like you know what that's your problem that's why everybody doesn't always talk to you because you are afraid of them you put off this air of of negative just like weirdness and you don't know how to join because I, I don't drink anymore i don't have any crutches so I, that's what i have to deal yeah, with even i got some it's crutches gonna going to take work you know yeah and I and I take pride in my ability to do you don't, whatever. You don't drink I, much. Well, but I'm smoking weed like nearly all day every day right now. That's a crutch. But, oh, but not for social. It doesn't help with social and anxiety. The cigarettes. cigarettes do. Yeah. Cigarettes oh, cigarettes help social. with social anxiety a That's little bit. That's what I heard. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. The weed. The weed is weird. It can help in weird ways, but not not if I'm not doing it a lot. If I'm doing it all the time. I can, it helps. Sure. But if I'm not doing it and I smoke, then it's the exact opposite. Then it's too intense. Yeah. So another thing is I was fasting for 45 hours when I dosed. Um, That's another reason it fucking killed me. So that might be a gram and a half. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, And also another reason I took them is because it was at a Joe Rogan show. So I was like, okay, Joe Rogan's here. Red Band was there. So I talked to him. I was like, hey, man, check this out. He was like, there's 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 an ending to those. That's what he said. He's like, I don't take mushrooms because there's an ending to them. What? He's because he's obviously taken too much before. Yeah. So he knows what it's like to overdose on them. Uh huh. And that's and I was like, Yep. <laughs> oh, I so took he's saying in. he overdid it. That's what I impl- That's what he's I am uh, inferred. I thought I thought he was implying that he re- had reached the limits of what they can offer. The you. same yes yeah some people some people hit that with basically I have he doesn't do much not that's what, that. he doesn't do them anymore that's what i got out of it he's like yeah he was he was like yeah great i don't there's an ending to that and um and i was like yeah and i took him anyway <laughs> it was a fucking great night man but the way they started hitting me was very scary because i wasn't expecting to trip at all because i take them very often and when, when it did the waves of anxiety and just thoughts i had were you know beautiful but also like i don't know where this is going mm-hmm. i don't want to have to like tell somebody to babysit me mm-hmm. but i did talk to somebody who gave me some nice uh he was just he checked up on me throughout the night and it was perfect because they wore off as the show ended so it's not like i was still tripping and i had to like go home still tripping so i was totally back to normal it was a beaut- it was perfect psychedelics can really remind you of <clears throat> how scared you are of shit 
you That's know, what because, they did, yeah. yeah, because like, it's easy to walk around being like, I'm not scared of shit. You know, you, you, you don't even think you're thinking that way, but you are because you think, you kind of think subconsciously that you're not going to die and that you'd be ready to face it if you did. And psychedelics, something about them puts you right up into contact with like the fact that that death exists yeah. and that you don't know it and that it's bigger than you and that it and it it's ta- and that you're scared of it. You don't admit it, but you're scared of it. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's their that's really they're useful for that. Cuz then yeah. you come down and you could pitch whatever show. You're like I'm going to die. Because you realize that time is ticking and yeah. this is either, this is your destiny. Yeah. That's what I felt. But not only, because I've always, meet destiny. I've always felt that I had a trajectory that was going to lead to big things happening, mm-hmm. but that was the night that it actually felt real. Like, no, motherfucker, you can't just wait for some famous person to come to you mm-hmm. and be like, oh, you're pretty funny. You want to do something? No, that's not how it works. Yeah. The real big things that happen start with somebody taking a risk because they believe in themselves solely themselves. Because when you're tripping on mushrooms, you feel alone. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're an entity that's detached from the people around you when you're tripping that hard. So it's like fuck, and then that's just how it felt. No, I'm listening. And I just, you know, and my mortality was, I was like, you're in your 30s, so you're, you know, if I was younger, I would have been freaking out a lot more. Like I have some experience, I know how to do breathing exercises. But at the same time, you're in your 30s, and then sometimes that can feel weird on on a lot of. It's a weird. It's well, it's everything. Like, sure. It's like I'm not supposed to be. I'm supposed to be. Why don't I have a software job or yeah. whatever? You don't have. You might not have those feelings. I'm at a no. Of course, I have a. I'm know. at a weird point in my life. Yeah, where I have to throw my. I have to throw out a, a, a line. You are at a weird point in your life. Because you don't. I don't have a day job. You don't have to work. I have my own yeah. house, which is trippy in and of itself. It is trippy. Just having your own house. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, and it's it's nice. Uh, but people could easily look at your life and be like, oh, I wish I had that, like, and and think that it's not challenging. Yeah. Like, to me, there's no illusion it, that you're not at a challenging and point it's in not your life. Ch- it's not, the, it's not, ch- most of my life is not challenging. Waking right. up, being comfortable, having my own right. car, everything, you know, my, my bills are paid. Mm. That is comfortable as fuck, but mm-hmm. I, that doesn't mean I'm fulfilled. And that's the challenge. It doesn't mean my brain that's is, what I'm talking I about. might still have mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, oh, you definitely you got some it. stuff rolling around, but it makes you uh, it makes you and interesting. I'm, it makes you who you are. And I'm shedding light on it. I found out many things by doing this podcast itself. This is a self-improvement. So what I found out is that I needed to quit drinking. That's how I started. I quit drinking. I, I remember those uh, clips when you, you did that five-day fast. That was a big one. And yep. then you were talking. I was thinking about that the other day. You were um, talking about a bagel with locks. Remember that? Bagel with locks. I love that. Yeah. Um, sorry. And then, um, a couple other things I found out is that I have ADHD and I need to treat that. That was a game changer and sleep apnea. So next, the next big thing is social anxiety. That's what I got to break through. And it's going to take, it's like lifting weights. Mm -hmm. You can't just take a pill for it. You Mm -hmm. can, there's pills that help for that, but I'd rather, it's not good to just take a pill for everything. Yeah. Cause you could get the effects of Adderall without taking Adderall if you do the work. Yeah. If you lift, if you exercise, if you take cold showers. Are you showers. lifting weights? Not lifting weights. I do push-ups and I Yo, do cardio. Cold, cold showers. showers. So that produces cold dopamine. Cold showers. Yeah. Yeah. Real deal. Uh, one thing I haven't told many people, but why not, is before and after the float, I take cold showers because you have to shower before. Yeah. And you and there's a tough. shower it's afterwards hard. if you want. It's hard. It's to- hard, dude. But once you once you're rolling on it, it's like... It's like stand up in that way, you know. Once you stay in it for long enough, it starts to you start not feeling the cold anymore, and it just t- converts into good feeling chemicals and endorphins. Yeah, it lasts for hours. I'm telling you, so it feels like going on stage. That's what I realized. Is my next thing to overcome is social anxiety and just working out, ridding your teeth. Yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah, I love it. I get very passionate on this podcast. Yeah, and it's good. I'm also trying to help other people. I realized also what I like to do is help other comedians get over their issues that they have internally. Like if they have a set that doesn't go well or if they're just complaining that they didn't get the audition last night. I don't know if you knew about that. 
the comedy, not the comedy store. Oh, uh, the door guy thing? For the Joe Rogan Club, yeah, yeah, to be a regular there. That was last night, and a lot of people obviously were upset that they didn't get on it. And I was like, you know, Man, telling them. shit like that flies right by me. I'm so used to not getting shit. There's so much shit. Yeah. I mean, sure, like, I just saw that uh, there's this thing happening at the creek called Keenan. You see that? Keenan Thompson? Yeah. yeah. Keenan Thompson's at the creek. And a few of my friends are on it. And I was like, that one I felt like a touch. But yeah. like, you just can't just let it go, man. Not everything's for you all the time. Let it go. Don't Not fume. Don't like you. show off. The, don't like complain. Yeah. Or at least not in front of people that are going to judge you for it. You could complain to your close confidants about it, but the point is you should take that as encouragement to get better. Yeah. Because if you ain't getting auditions, it ain't it ain't them. Why should Keenan Thompson even know my name Well, at the end of the day? There's millions and millions of examples of things that people want that they feel they deserve that they don't. Yeah. They just don't have enough self Oh, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I'm funny. We're both we're funny. Yeah, but we're hilarious. Do, so does that mean I feel like I deserve to audition? Eh, no, because I'm not consistent. I'm the most inconsistent comedian in the fucking town, whatever. And oh, I, yeah. it doesn't mean it has, doesn't mean I'm not funny. I mean, I know I'm funny. When people tell me I'm funny, I go, yeah, I know. Yo, who's more <laughs> inconsistent, you or me? Um. I, I don't like to compare myself between people. The point is, we're both funny. I was uh, talking. <laughs> I've been doing it a little bit longer and more, more, you know, but yeah. like, in Chicago, whatever. I've been lifting the weights and like I've done enough open. You mics. definitely, you've like I know you, I'm funny. I think you've that done part, a lot more. That's shows been proven. Ex- that's been proven thousand times over. Yeah. So it's like I don't need to know I'm funny. Yeah. I need to get better at being funny consistently. Yes. That's my thing. That's the thing about a professional is consistency. Yeah consistently hilarious topic of this podcast when i'm good uh, enough i'm gonna release a special called consistent (laughs) (laughs) it's just about being fucking consistent i have a thing about people that put out specials i think it's kind of not the best idea to put out a special if you're not 20 years in i think it's cool to make something that's hugely and wildly ambitious even before you feel ready and at the end of the day that's what you're going to need sure to do. i mean because even 20 years in you're gonna stay you're even if you've waited all that time and you're like yeah i'm ready these jokes are fucking it like they're perfect yes. you're still gonna feel like you're not ready My po- but the reason i think that though is because if you have 20 minutes of material or 40 let's say you think you have a specials worth of material and you're putting out a hour long special unless you're 20 years in you probably don't actually have an hour of material so you're putting out your best material online Mm. and probably not getting paid for it because you're just doing it to say you have a special it's just all for bragging rights and on top of that now you can't do your act anymore and get paid for it well To me, if you want to make money, the internet. So there are like two routes. The internet. One reason I wouldn't release a special like next year, like if I wanted to release a special, I could get an hour's worth of material in a year. And then what? I could have and, it okay. for, for in a year. What's the purpose of putting and that And then out? I could release the special. And I am telling you that in five, ten years, I would look back on that thing. Even if the jokes were hitting, I would look back on it and be like, this wasn't good enough to release. I just know from my trajectory. So then why release far. it? So you're not endorsed. You wouldn't never do that. No, I wouldn't do that because... So you agree, kind of. Yeah. Because the internet... Yeah, I pretty you much agree. This? Yeah. The internet is... How does this work? The internet... You just fuck without it. Yeah. You just oh, do whatever it. you want it's with like it. It's like a lock. It's just for hyperactivity. Switch. It's just to awesome. do something to keep your mind... To, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the internet is a fucking Akashic record. It's a permanent place and everything sits there. And when you're an, an entertainer, a comic, when your business is creating content... You want to be really careful about the stuff you release. The first stuff you release can and I'm, only... I'm just saying, the reason I say that is because it's about money. You're not going to make much money as an unknown comedian putting up a thing on YouTube. It'll get maybe a couple thousand views if you're lucky. And you're not going to get 
much money, maybe a hundred bucks. Okay, if you're looking at that, if yeah, you want I mean, money in stand up, the way yeah. to do that is by traveling to different clubs and selling tickets. Same way, it's that's why been. you don't want to ditch your first hour or twenty minutes of material. Realistically, you only have twenty minutes of material if you've been doing comedy for ten to fifteen years. Say so why the fuck yeah, would you put it on a, a tight twenty? So that's what I'm saying. Because yeah. if you don't put it out, you could just keep doing those jokes for years and years and make thousands of dollars. On the flip side, though, that's the that's the whole reason. Say you're that I'm against that. Say, say on the flip side, say you're say you do it. Say you release many, twenty minutes, of and material. many people do. Yeah, you call it Michael Malamud live at the fucking bullshit, whatever. And uh, you know, say it even kills, mm -hmm. but say it got three thousand views. Yeah, what's the issue with doing that material? Still, only three thousand people have seen it. Because then, if some, I have, I still have a problem. Because then anybody could just look that up, and they're like, "Why the fuck am I buying tickets to this guy?" Yeah, but fair enough. Maybe you don't even have enough clout to even I just sell think, tickets. So maybe, I just think but, you can only have your first thing once. I just think it's over. It's overdone. It's a. It's an old. It's a overdone thing that doesn't work. Any. It's not special if everybody's doing it before it's ready to be put out. And um, you I could, kind of realized. I feel like you don't. You don't get exposure. You don't need one anymore. You don't get exposure by putting out an hour special. You get exposure by putting out reels and TikToks yep, yep, and yep, shorts. Yep, yep. Thousands it's of all, people. It's all So I'm just speaking by what seconds I, now. Yeah. So that's why I'm not I mean, of course I'm not gonna do that, but for other people to do it as well. If they want to make money, keep those jokes while you have them because you can get paid a lot more in the clubs. That's all. That's the only thing I wanted. That's the rant. Beautiful rant. <laughs> yeah, I have many uh, rants I about comedy. It. Another one is Open mics um, should ask you how long you've been doing it. Next to your name, if you sign up for an open mic, there should be another column next to your name. How many fucking years have you been doing stand up? And order the set list by, or the lineup by that, not by who you know, oh, not by your dude, fucking friends. You fucking losers. What about the people who have been doing it for doing it for ten years and have had six sets? Then you'll stop doing that for them. Then you'll stop putting oh, them up. Right, you'll find enough. out who those yeah, people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not that hard. Yeah. That's how I would do it next time I start producing a mic. Tim's vision is a beautiful nepotism. It's such an that's not nepotism. Is that what's what's nepotism? <laughs> that's the nepotism of, is family. That's the opposite of nepotism. Meritocracy. That's, that's what I was talking that's about. Exact, that's what, that's what and I mean. that's what the Green Room show is about. Yeah. It's more f uh, meritocracy. If you're funny off stage, you could get an opportunity. Or if you just, it's also open to anybody. Oh, it would be great to see, much like uh, uh, certain other famous shows, it would be great to see. Well, who do you think it was inspired by? Yeah, of course. Red Man. Yeah. Death Squad. Shout out. I almost yeah. I almost asked him what he thought about it, but he only had a few seconds of FaceTime that I could get with him. But anyway, he'll, he'll fucking find out about it. Love those guys. He's Let the, it be he, known. He's the podfather. And he's inspired. He's, his, uh, his creativity inspires Dude, me. Dude, that guy's a genius. He invented, Red Band is a genius. He started the Joe Rogan podcast, Kill Tony, and Your, Your Mom's House. He did? He I also didn't know started that. that one, yeah. Also, like, have you yeah. watched Virtual Red Band? Yeah. That intro is so cool. Yeah. Like, and all of it. I love all of it. The special. You know what that's from? What do you mean, the special? When it shows, like, special in the beginning and it all spins. It oh, does yeah, it in yeah, the yeah. beginning of Kill Tony. No, he's too. really good at that type of stuff. Yeah, that's from, like, CBS back in the, like old tv days right it's cool it's i listen really cool. to it pretty often just to see what he has to, to keep up to date on the scene because he's one of mm -hmm. the leaders influential leaders and powerful gatekeepers whatever you want to call it but i'm just talking about his creativity and the fact that he's a tech junkie that's what trickled down to that's what he he uses that creativity and knowledge to to do shit that not everybody would think to do such as the joe rogan fucking experience and the and kill Tony. I think he's the one who thought. I'm not sure. I was going to ask him, but I didn't have time. I'm pretty sure he's the one who started or thought of the idea. I don't know. Oh, I wonder. I don't know. I, I'll I don't ask know. Him. It sounds like a very. Uh, it sounds like a very Tony Hinchcliffe idea. Here, I'll put it in my story, and he he'll see it. Hey, Red Band, are you the one who thought of kill Tony? Get back to me. Okay. Yeah, we're curious. Yeah. Um. 
Anyway, that's what inspired me is Kill Tony because it's so oversaturated with comedians and so you know non comedians uh-huh. who sign up and they get pulled because they're a new name uh-huh. and then the I people, heard that was more in the L.A. days, but still definitely. Oh, now. it's it's way worse now. You think L- it's worse now. L.A. I used I've been watching it since it started. Really? Yeah, and in L.A. in the belly room. Oh damn! Most people would miss their sets. Yeah, like oh great, they're not okay, and there's not even an audience. Trust me, I've been watching it for that long. I haven't, I haven't now, been able to find an older episode than a hundred. So the reason I thought of my idea is because yeah. I got frustrated by not getting up there, and it's like, why not? You know what? I could think of something, and. All yeah, the, of course. They don't ask the comics how long they've been doing it, and if they want to showcase unrecognized talent, that would be the question to ask: How long you've been doing it? They're not. But since they're not going to do that, that's why I. Thought I don't of, think they started the thing looking to make. Yeah. Comedians' careers. I, yeah, I don't. I, I don't maybe, know. I have no idea what he said before. The but, point is, yeah. no matter what happens to you on that show, they're not going to. Sweep down and make it for you anyway. It goes back to that thing you were saying. Like you still got to do your. That's own another stuff. thing. Like if they're it, not. That's another great point. Even if you do make it on there, even if you do become a regular and mm-hmm. get all the thing you, you you think you want from it and deserve. Yeah. That who knows if you'll be able to stand up on your own after they ditch you, after they yeah. stop fucking with you. Yeah. Like if, the, if you or, if you get or fired if you or stop fucking with them or whatever yeah, it is, if which you, happens, whatever happens, then what then. How are you going to sustain that? So that's what I'm dealing with is learning that, um, you know what? You got to be your own producer. You got to think of your own project. You had this mentality for a while, though, but not as honed in. Not this. Yeah. You had the adjacent mentality, which is um, I got to make my own shit and stop going to open mics and oh and, sure and doing that grind. and i've done it before but not you know th- not like this but now you're starting to i've think, stepped it up na- again now you're st- yeah, yeah yeah now i'm now thinking you're starting to think about how to make a austin has how to it's make a, a living like it's i i realize that you have to take like austin you can't just swing in here with an ego and think everything's going to be easy just because you started off in a bigger city that's a backwards incorrect thing you have to look at austin as you gotta be like no this is a time to make mistakes to to make not mistakes but oh to, no it's a good ground to make mistakes that's not what i'm it's, going for but like you know. what i mean is like take risks yeah you, you have to put yeah, it's like course. going up to a girl mm-hmm. you have to actually be like not be like oh i'm i'm so good that i'm just gonna wait for them to come up to me no you have to be the one who has the balls to go up to them mm-hmm. that's what i found out last night from the mushrooms yep yeah you gotta, you gotta, you know what's cool about Austin? It feels like, creatively, you feel like a fucking cowboy. Like, you gotta get your food. No one's, there. it feels like, yeah. it feels like creatively, there there are no, there might there's be no some handouts. restaurants and stuff, but you'll have to cut the chicken's head off, you know? They don't, have their own yeah. chicken. Yeah, no handouts. Yeah. Like, Chicago, it's all there for you. Actually, in many ways now, I feel like Austin's a bigger comedy city than Chicago. Well, in terms of comics, in terms of the number of comics going up, the, the bar, the graph would look like this. But also the, like, the feeling. The feeling of the of the yeah the the energy. There's no easy laughs city. here, dude. I've heard that the open mics are among the worst in the country. There's no easy laughs. Um, mm-hmm. you have to earn them. But if you're funny, anyone will laugh. Mm-hmm. So you can't really blame your environment. You have to blame yourself. You have to just get funnier, funnier and funnier and funnier. The only way to get funnier is to get unfunny. Well, you have to go through shit. You have to like go. You gotta go up in funny, and then you. If you're really if you're really doing it right, you you'll go down again because that's your momentum that carries you upwards again. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like you have to keep. Well, you need the, it's the risks, the life it's experience. The you need life experience. You need those negative points, like I'm going through right now. That negative thing of like uh, going cold turkey without weed and all that. That's why it's it's gonna be like I'm actually doing life on hard mode. So, it gets it gets super hard mode, dude. When you got nothing, and life is supposed to be hard. That's what you don't want to admit, or they, or you know, that's what you don't want to reconcile. It's like no, it it's supposed to be hard. That's very stoic. Yeah, you like the. Stoics? I'm trying to be a stoic. Yeah, I like stoicism. Yeah, me too. 
people respect somebody who doesn't react to shit thrown in their face, who just lets it slide and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, very, uh, you know, Buddhist, Hindu also. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just letting things not get to you. If somebody says something nasty to you, just not letting it fuck up your whole day and all that. Just letting it, oh, I don't give a fuck with that person. It's just, why would I care what that person has to say if there's some tiny asshole, some some nobody? Why am I letting that stick in my craw? I feel like if I could be sober for like five years, no cigarettes, no weed, no nothing except psychedelics occasionally. If I could be sober for five years and do everything I'm doing, I feel like I'd feel amazing. I feel like ultimately you'll feel the best. So keep going. Psychedelics aren't necessary to do that often. I mean, yeah, it's just uh, they are necessary though sometimes for some people. I think they're like essential to be prescribed to some people who are going like through, who like people that have b- their brain tied up in a way that's unhealthy if they have a knotted up brain same, same like like how some people have knotted up muscles they have to get a massage yeah the, the psychedelics they un it, it, it invokes neuroplasticity mm-hmm. so some people need neuroplasticity here can i take that back for you taking too much making way too much noise oh i love it <laughs> I love it. If you like it, then you can still have it. No, no, no. It's okay. Sorry. I just like... I just, sorry. It's your studio. It's my studio. Yeah. No, anyway. You're running the show. This has been great. Let's just try to do another... I don't know. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. How would? How about you? What is your main... Um, Are you into self-improvement at all? What can I learn from Constantly. you? Constantly. How can I learn... I've already said everything. I've caught up my audience up to date with my shit. How about you? Well, you know, you want to... Uh, keep your head this oily my forehead is my main uh superpower gift uh wow i wiped it away i could have done that the whole time nope look there it is oil no, yeah, you, you're caked in it it's that coconut it's oil. layered it's that coconut oil man i'm telling you self-improvement you're doing so much of it cold showers exercise lifting weights is my like my some of my favorite shit i love the bench press because it, it's it's metaphoric and i think the body responds to metaphor you lift weight off your chest you lift weight off your shoulders you know you run the distance or whatever but lifting weights is my favorite cold showers meditation um and then uh you know what a lot of self-love that's what i would For recommend sure. i would recommend when you're out and you start getting feeling like you're putting out this energy. Why isn't people? Why aren't people talking to me? Oh, it's me. It's me. Just be like, well, I love me, and I'm sending love into my body and into every cell of my body, um, because you know you deserve it, and you're you're very focused on the brain, and I'm fine with that. And also, there's the whole mind body system, and you know, the everything that your brain does interacts with your body, and vice versa. So, if you send love, you can literally send love into your body from your brain, and that's what I'd recommend most highly. If you could just do that, like even just a little bit in your day, I think anyone, I think you'd benefit from it. Uh-huh. Find, find, find that you're feeling a little better about things. And that's another better. thing that psilocybin does is it makes you empathetic not just for other people but for yourself it makes you not as tough on yourself it's like you know what take a break like, do what's good for you like it makes you want to nerd like you know take care of yourself as if you're a baby yeah you ever see lions or tigers or any house cat cats are a great example they know how to love themselves they're they? so oh, yeah they're so good at it that you know they're absurdly prideful and yet people revere them. Uh, but cats don't need to give anything to anybody to be beautiful or impressive or any of that. They literally just lay in the sunshine and clean themselves. And uh, you can do that for yourself. And in fact, you might need it sometimes. Not because you smell bad. Probably because you smell bad. Probably because you're filthy and grimy um, and covered in dust from the increasingly dystopian state of our world. Okay, but you can still give yourself that kind of that kind of cleaning, that relaxation. You give that to yourself. You lay out in the sunshine a little bit. You don't do anything productive. When you go back to all your productive shit, you're gonna approach it differently. You're gonna be better. You're gonna feel better about yourself. Take a minute. You're alive. What are some of your 
short-term goals and long-term goals? Uh, my short-term goal is to have a 10. I got that five. A, you mean a, a hot woman? Or? Uh, no, that, oh. I'm sure that, that's an eight. I'm oh, so it's an a, eight. okay to get an eight. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reasonable. You start with an eight and then you, people see you with the eight and that's how you get the 10. You abandon the eight in okay. lieu of the 10. I'm so familiar. I'm going to do an eight with first. That, you start with a five that, before a 10. You start with an eight before technique. a 10. Technique. Yep. So I'm, I'm looking to get a tight 10. Oh, 10 minutes of material. That's start a show somewhere. <laughs> balance out the checkbook a little better than it is right now. Oh, finances. That's something we didn't talk about. Yeah, finances. That's a yeah, big one. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, keep the house a little cleaner and um, be a little kinder to myself physical health-wise, a little a little down on the, on the cigarettes and sleep deprivation. Um, That's and great. And just keep things a little cleaner. Long-term, I'm looking to um, really, really be a force in the Austin scene and uh, comedy wise and uh, help lift up my funny friends in the process. And, um, you know, all right, let's talk about your podcast now. Unsettling in with Michael Malama. Check it out. It's an audio podcast. Been doing about an hour at long episode. Every episode, this guy did episode 12. Um, yeah, it was very fun. Yeah, mine just is. did a two and a half. What's up? Nah, go ahead. Just did a two and a half hour long episode with Marcus O'Lind, who did great on the Kill Tony that was released on Monday. That's five ninety three, episode five ninety three, and yeah, man, I, it's so much fun. I mean, I got that equipment right before I had the silence set, and I was just like tinkering around with recordings and stuff. I actually started a podcast with my friend Caleb Reimer right before the silence set called Talkin' Tony. It was going to be like a um, a sports, like an ESPN for Kill Tony, where you go over, you skip all the stuff in between the minutes and the interviews, and you just look at the minutes. I mean, you skip all the stuff except the minutes, okay. and you break down what went right and or wrong with their sets. And we were having fun with that for a minute. And then, um, yeah, the silence that happened and that kind of, I had a friend, Zach Mama, who's episode three of my podcast, who said you have to have something out for when that episode of Kill Tony drops. And that was a very, very useful piece of advice because I would have never released anything, even though I had bought podcast equipment and was starting to think about a show anyway so i just interview comics one-on-one -on -one for an hour people are telling me that they uh are enjoying themselves uh there are fans of it pretty cool really cool love that um and people are saying that i'm natural to it which is amazing that's awesome okay you are natural our conversations i think are very high quality off stage as well off microphone i i love yeah, I think dude. there's a synergistic quality to our conversation. That's why I wanted to have you. You're one. You're a very special guest. So I'm glad. I'm thankful that you did it. That you came out for this. And uh, yeah, I think that's a good place to end. Uh, this has been episode 61 of the Tim Weichselbaum show. Have a good week, y'all. Peace and love. Thanks, Tim. Sex, money. <laughs>